Take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Hey! Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents The Russ Belleville Show The voice of the marijuana nation Hey, this is great, man Now, here's your host Radical Russ Belleville Good day, tokers and toquettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Tuesday, May 10th, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Welcome to the show. It's day two here at the Marijuana Business Conference and Expo at the Gaylord Palms Resort in Orlando, Florida. And I'm telling you, folks, they couldn't have picked a better location for the Marijuana Business Conference and Expo. Yesterday was a big hit with their Marijuana Business Crash Course. It wound up last night with a after-party sponsored by Sabbatical. Uh, they were out here on the lawn and had a great couple of bands playing, and everybody was mingling and having themselves a really, really good time. Today, the expo itself opened up, and for today's show, we've got interviews with vendors and activists on the floor. Thousands of square foot of uh, vending space here where activists and entrepreneurs from all different areas of the cannabis community were gathered together networking and making their pitches business to business and business to consumer very interesting events that are happening here tonight there will be an after party uh the mj business conference mixer that uh, will be attended out here on the lawn as well I'm here just a little later today because I spent uh, last night till 1.45 in the morning Eastern Time watching Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors break my heart as a Rip City fan, but all you can do is tip your hat to greatness like that. My God, that man took over the overtime, didn't he? But uh, for those of you who aren't basketball fans, we've got plenty of marijuana information coming for you today. And my thanks to everyone who's been a part of the show so far. Coming up on today's show, after we get to the Cannabis Radio News, we'll have an interview with Amber Langston. She's an activist with Show Me Cannabis out of Missouri. She's going to give us the update on what's happening there in Missouri for their uh, medical marijuana legislation. In our government at work, we'll be talking with Neil Levine. He used to be with Marijuana Policy Project, now with LiveWell. He's going to be warning us about a terrible initiative that's coming down the pike in Colorado that would limit THC content in uh, marijuana products on the recreational side. Then in our uh, Cannabis Chronicles, we speak with Cassandra Farrington from MJ Business Daily. They're putting on this event. We've also got some time with Lance Ott from Guardian Data Systems, and we'll finish up Cannabis Chronicles with my pick for Radical Russ's damn coolest thing I've seen at this expo, the Vapor Slide. Uh, check my Instagram account, at Radical Russ, if you want to see pictures of this thing. It's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, also, we'll have some cannabis community chat. We spoke with uh, the Marijuana Policy Project, get an update on the legislation happening across the country in 2016 and beyond. And then we spoke to Chuck Underwood, who's an expert in generational analysis and his take on the five different generations and how they react to cannabis legalization. All that coming up in hour one here of the Russ Belville Show. Then stay tuned for hour two. Toker Talk Radio will provide you more highlights highlights and interviews from the Marijuana Business Conference here in Orlando. 
Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll have more coverage on tomorrow's show. And remember, on Thursday, I'll have no live show because I'll be flying to Alaska for the Northwest Cannabis Classic in Anchorage, Alaska. We'll bring you a show Friday from Alaska, and then on Monday, we'll bring you more highlights from the event. Stay tuned. The Cannabis Radio News is next. I'm Radical Russ, live from Orlando, Florida. Gaylord Palms, we're back right after this. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The law office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem, so I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's order. Less heat, more flavor. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Tuesday, May 10th, 2016. Washington, D.C., Six states that allow marijuana use have legal tests to determine driving while impaired by the drug that have no scientific basis, according to a study by the nation's largest automobile club that calls for scrapping those laws. The study, commissioned by AAA's Safety Foundation, said it's not possible to set a blood test threshold for THC, the chemical in marijuana that makes people high, that can reliably determine impairment. Yet laws in five of the six states automatically presume a driver guilty if that person tests higher than the limit and not guilty if it's lower. As a result, drivers who are unsafe may be going free, while others may be wrongly convicted, the foundation said. The foundation recommends replacing the laws with ones that rely on specially trained police officers to determine if a driver is impaired, backed up by a test for the presence of THC rather than a specific threshold. Seattle, Washington. 
the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals is expected to issue a ruling soon on the scope of the law that could pave the way to end or overturn at least six federal marijuana criminal prosecutions and convictions in California and Washington and limit future prosecutions of medical marijuana users and dispensaries in eight western states that allow them. At issue is a congressional amendment that said the Department of Justice could not use funding Congress allocated to it for 2015 and 2016 to prevent states that have legalized medical marijuana from implementing laws that permit its use, distribution, and possession. The DOJ has interpreted the law more narrowly, saying it prevents prosecutors from trying to block state medical marijuana laws or charging state officials who implement them, but permits U.S. attorneys to go after marijuana dispensaries and growers. Columbus, Ohio. The Ohio House has passed a proposal to legalize medical marijuana in the state. The bill would bar patients from smoking the substance, but allow them to use it in vapor form. Under the legislation, a nine-member Medical Marijuana Control Commission would set rules for cultivating, distributing, and licensing cannabis. Communities could opt out of hosting dispensaries. Employers who want to maintain drug-free workplaces would be protected from liability. The bill passed on a 70-25 to 25 vote Tuesday. The Senate plans to begin hearings on the measure Wednesday. Lawmakers are seeking to head off a proposed November ballot issue supported by the National Medical Marijuana Movement. Orlando, Florida. Orlando has become the latest city in Florida to embrace marijuana decriminalization. By a 4-3 vote, the Orlando City Council approved the measure that will allow local police to charge those possessing 20 grams or of marijuana or less with a civil citation of $100 for a first offense, $200 for a second, and $500 for subsequent offenses. Orlando joins the cities of Miami Beach, Hallandale Beach, Key West, West Palm Beach, Wilton Manors, and Tampa, as well as Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach, and Volusia counties in decriminalizing marijuana possession. Denver, Colorado. The children of a woman slain by her husband following consumption of marijuana edibles has filed a first-of-its-kind wrongful death lawsuit. Christine Kirk, age 44, was shot by her husband Richard as she had called 911 to report her husband acting psychotically. Their three sons were in the home at the time, and their guardians, the maternal grandparents, have filed the lawsuit against the edible manufacturer and the retail distributor, alleging they failed to warn the husband, Richard, of the hallucinatory and psychotic side effects of cannabis use. A half-eaten 10-milligram THC edible was found in the home after the shooting. Richard Kirk is facing first-degree murder charges, to which he has changed his plea from not guilty to not guilty by reason of insanity. Washington, D.C. Libertarian presidential hopeful Governor Gary Johnson says that marijuana legalization will reduce substance abuse overall in America. Speaking to CNN, Johnson said, quote, on the medicinal side, marijuana products directly compete with legal prescription drugs that statistically kill 100,000 people a year. And on the recreational side, I have always maintained that legalizing marijuana will lead to less overall substance abuse, end quote. Johnson was the Libertarian Party's 2012 nominee and winner of 1% of the national vote. He believes also that voter discontent with Republicans and Democrats, which may both nominate historically unfavorable candidates in Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, will lead to a boost for his libertarian candidacy. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Tuesday, May 10th, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. With over six years of experience in the industry, New Era CPAs is one of the nation's leading cannabis accounting firms, helping hundreds of growers, dispensaries, and ancillary companies with their tax, legal, and business strategies. 
New Era CPA's offices cover the West Coast from Seattle to San Diego, and their skilled team is always available to help you take your business to the next level. Visit NewEraCPAs.com for more info and set up a consultation. Welcome to the New Era. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. I'm Radical Russ from the Russ Belleville Show. Tennessee's Congressman Steve Cohen. Well, you know, if marijuana is a gateway drug, then kissing is a fake gateway activity to sexual addiction. U.S. Representative Jared Polis. Yes, we really have a growing group of, uh, of representatives that um, support decriminalization. It's the Russ Belleville Show, the NPR of POT, weekdays live at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, exclusively on CannabisRadio.com. Activism begins with ACT. The Russ Belleville Show features the stories of hardworking grassroots activists working for an end to prohibition in today's activist agenda. Good day, tokers and tokets and non-toking lovers of liberty. Radical Russ here at the Marijuana Business Conference and Expo in Orlando, Florida, at the Gaylord Palms Resort. And I've run into a fellow activist. We're rare birds here at these business conferences, but Amber Langston is here with Show Me Cannabis. Hi, Amber. Hi, Russ. How are you today? Well, I'm doing great, but I don't think I'm doing as good as you are. Probably not. We're pretty pretty excited from those of us from the Show Me State today. We uh, turned in all of our signatures yesterday to the Secretary of State for our medical cannabis initiative that's we presume will be on the ballot in November. Yeah, I saw the pictures on Facebook, you guys sitting with a, a truck full of boxes and boxes of these petitions. Is there a number that you have as far as how many got turned in? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure what we ended up with at the end of the day. Our goal was 250,000. We definitely exceeded that. We got the number that we needed in all the different congressional districts, and we're feeling pretty good about it. So Missouri is one of those states where you can't just get X number of signatures. you got to get X number of signatures in Y number of counties kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, based on congressional districts. So six out of eight congressional districts. And we, uh, we met our goals, so uh, yeah looking good. So usually these goals are, are padded so that you deal with uh, the, the, the invalid signatures and such. What was the hard goal? What was the number the state's looking for? About 160,000. Oh, so you got over a quarter million. You're probably well likely to be on the ballot. We're feeling pretty good about it. Uh, lots of good volunteers and a good consulting company getting signatures with us. So yeah, it's pretty great. That's awesome. So give people a breakdown of what happens when this cannabis bill gets on the ballot and passes. Well, so we've got a little bit of time, uh, but we tried not to give them too much time. The Department of Health will uh, then put out a process for applications. Um, There will be a number of licenses available. We made sure that there is a floor and not a ceiling. So for every county, there'll be at least one license, up to 30,000 people. And then beyond that, there will be, for every 30,000, they they get another license. Uh, And then similarly, well, not for uh, dispensaries, but cultivation is one for every 50,000 or 
one for every 80,000, and then um, infused products, one for every 50,000. Wow, that's good news on the industry side. How about for the patients? What are they allowed to possess? Can they grow, for example? Yes, yes. So we wanted to make a very business-friendly and very patient-friendly model. So uh, up to six plants of home home cultivation. We don't define uh, stages of growth, so just six plants. Um, There are a list of conditions suggested, but really uh, we feel that it's up to the doctor, and doctors should have a right. Missourians support doctors' rights to recommend cancer cannabis. So uh, if you've got a condition and cannabis can help it, you've got a doctor that thinks that you should be able to be a legal patient in Missouri. So this sounds as if uh, it's a throwback to late 20th century, early 2000s medical cannabis where you can grow your own and doctors are kind of in charge of the process rather than legislators setting up a fixed list. Right, right. Yeah, we um, are one of the holdouts, I suppose, on states that can put an initiative on the ballot and people can actually have that input into uh, creating the language. Our legislature was attempting to pass something this last session, but they narrowed it down to only end-of-life care, and it was, it was, you know, very few dispensaries and no home cultivation and the typical things that politicians like to do because they don't know anything about this issue right, a lot of they, they figure, oh, well, as long as as you're dying, we can let you get high. <laughs> right, exactly. What a sad state of affairs that is. So um, I imagine you'll, you're in the campaign phase now. You'll have to be campaigning to tell people this will be on the ballot and what good it'll do for Missouri. How can people get involved with that? Uh, well, if you want to go to newapproachmissouri.com, that's the name of our campaign committee. And, of course, uh, I'm still involved heavily with Show Me Cannabis. You go to show-mecannabis.com, uh, and you can figure out how to help us out, how to get, uh, you know, support the cause, get people registered to vote, uh, get awareness out there, education on our issues. Um, we don't have too much of an opposition yet, uh, but it is a battleground state. We are likely to see some some conservatives, I think, pop up and say they don't like us. So, I know. I know. I think we can handle it. (laughs) What's the prognosis for uh, passing this? I mean, you have polling that shows uh, good support for this? Um, Yeah, I think most recently there was a poll that had uh, our ballot measure specifically at 59%. Yeah, and I I just heard someone telling me that yesterday, and honestly, I just flew to Florida last night, and I haven't actually looked at the poll yet, but that's pretty good for uh, the actual ballot language, and and other polls have showed up to 70% um, and even greater support, so... Wow. This is amazing. Florida's on the ballot for medical. Ohio's pushing for it. Arkansas's pushing for it. And now you guys look like you'd be on the ballot. We could have four more medical cannabis states by the end of this year. How does that make you feel? Woohoo! <laughs> I am so happy to be at this point. I've been, you know, working on this issue for a number of years all over the country and glad to be back in my home state and helping to push it forward. And with a good law, you know, it took us a long time. It took a lot of groundwork, um, building up a, a movement of supporters there. But I think we have managed to pull off actually having a successful initiative for the people, by the people, and, and maybe not just totally hijacked by uh the non-cannabis community. So pretty exciting. That's right. A a, a law built by activists for patients and, and not that we're against industry or the legislation legislators, you know, having their say or, or, or even law enforcement for that matter, but really the patients come first. And I'm glad you guys took that route. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Patients are first. They can't wait any longer. Amber Langston from show me cannabis show dash me show dash me cannabis.com. Right. And newapproachmissouri.com? Correct, correct. You got it.
Wow, amazing what a few days off a weed can do for you. I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll be back with the uh, conference and expo right after this. Leave us exit stage left. soon to a city near you cannabis finance boot camp get all your cannabis accounting legal and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis business boom whether you're a grower dispensary operator or a newcomer to the field your cannabis business needs cannabis finance boot camp for information on upcoming events visit cannabisfinancebootcamp.com Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. <laughs> Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the, the, the king, right? You just have you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. <laughs> the Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Reforming America's marijuana prohibition laws takes education, lobbying, and voting. From Washington, D.C. to your state capitol to your city hall, marijuana law reform involves all levels of civic life. Learn how you can make your impact with elected officials as we take a look at our government at work. Radical Russ here on the expo floor, and I've run to my good friend Neil Levine, longtime activist and member of the industry here, who's got some very interesting news we need to be made aware of. Welcome back to the show, first of all. Yeah, thanks, Russ. And uh, you're with uh, LiveWell, right? I'm with LiveWell and Light and Health, uh, based in Colorado. Okay. And you were telling me something about a 16% initiative that we need to be keeping our eyes on. What's going on? The bad guys uh, have proposed, and they've passed the title board, a potency initiative, a constitutional amendment to Amendment 64 that would limit the sale of all content to no more than 16% THC which will wipe out, pretty much wipe out the majority of the industry in Colorado. It is a backdoor to undo Amendment 64, and they've raised $5.5 million. Oh my God. And so they're looking at this election cycle? Yes. So it's already passed the title board. We're going into a Supreme Court challenge. They're going to probably start gathering signatures in a couple of weeks. Wow. 
So 16% uh, compared to what's for sale on the, in the uh, Colorado market right now is a very low number. Well, you, by definition, you can't make a concentrated form of something at 16%. Right. So all concentrates are out. Right. All wax is out. All shatter is out. How do you, as a business, grow cannabis at 16% potency? So, you know, we got to redo all our genetics. And then what happens if you test at 16.2 versus 15.8? There's no way to do this as a, commercially as a business if this passes. It would only apply to the rec side. But you can bet, you, look, you've known these prohibitions longer than I have. You know for a fact that if they get this done on the rec side, A, they're going to bring it back on the med side within a year in Colorado, and B, they're going to export this to every other state within a year or two because this is a, we can't take it on head-on anymore. So here, And they've packaged the initiative to sound like something safe. The first 80% of it is all about child packaging that we're already doing. So it's all child-resistant stuff. And then at the very end, and 16% potency. And the issue that they're going to point to, or they're already talking about, is kids going to ER and stuff like that. But we already have individual packaging at 10 milligram per dose, so this doesn't even address the problem. I'd say it's a, I'd say it's a solution in search of a problem, but it's a solution trying to cause a problem by prohibitionists who are being disingenuous about what they're trying to do. It reminds me a bit of the abortion rights issue where, you know, they couldn't attack Roe v. Wade directly, so they're going to limit how many clinics there are, what the operating hours are, and all these different backdoor ways of trying to uh, attack these rights. It's, it's, it's pretty nefarious. It's a lot of the same folks. Oh, a lot of the same folks, in fact. Okay. So uh, the 16% uh, initiative, uh, if this were to happen on the rec side, wouldn't that just lead a mass exodus to the medical side to get the more potent uh, uh, products? Uh, well, so it, it doesn't make sense on so many levels, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, what, what it's going to do is it's going to drive people back into the criminal market. And, and again, solution in search of a problem. So the industry, you know, on the rec side, it passes in 12, right? We're going to see childhood use spike. Hasn't happened. We're going to see all these crime spike. Didn't happen. We're going to see all these death on the highway spike. None of these things have happened. It's playing out. The criminal market is shrinking. This is not the time to try and gut the market and drive people back to the criminal market, have people blowing up their kitchens, trying to do extracts at home again. This is just such a bad idea. And then take a look at what's going on in Colorado. There's no availability of housing. There's no unemployment. We don't get credit for this as an industry, but that anybody who's even thinking about it in even, even the most rudimentary of ways, how can the industry not be responsible for this huge spike that's happened coincidentally since Amendment 64 has passed, yeah, right? I heard some 200,000 immigrees to Denver in the past two or three years. Yeah, so, I mean, so we're going to, what, we're going to gut the industry? I mean, it, none of this makes sense. And, there, and here's the thing, right? I'm so happy I get to say this because prohibitionists use this against me all the time. This time it actually happens to be true. They're trying to dupe the voters. They are trying to dupe the voters of Colorado to yes. say, no, 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 this is just about the kids and it's all about safety and it's about gutting the industry. What a shame. All right. All you Colorado listeners out there, make sure to start getting in touch with your local representatives, uh, your local senators there, and let them know that this 16% uh, initiative is a terrible idea that will have a whole raft of unintended or perhaps intended consequences. Thank you, Neil, for telling us about it. Yeah, and uh, the campaign to oppose this is in the formation stages, so everybody should take A, keep a lookout for that to see how you can get involved in the campaign so we can fight this and beat this back. And then B, even if you're outside of Colorado, if this passes in Colorado, it's coming everywhere. 
great warning. Thanks for telling us all about it, Neil. Thanks for tracking me down for this. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Russ. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest-growing business association in the fastest-growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel 1 on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. said that when there's a gold rush, it's a good time to be in the pick and shovel business. Today, we look at the rapidly evolving markets in the marijuana green rush in our Canna Business Chronicles. Welcome back, everyone, to day two of the Marijuana Business Conference and Expo here in Orlando, Florida. We're at the Gaylord Palms Resort, and I'm speaking with Cassandra Farrington, who's the CEO of Marijuana Business Daily. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks. This is an amazing conference that you've got going here. I, I heard it being promoted as the largest such conference. Do you have any numbers or statistics to rattle off for us? Sure. Well, by the time we wrap up here, we expect that 3,000 cannabis professionals will have walked to this floor and, and been in this venue, which does make it the largest uh, event so far this year uh, and by far the largest that's ever been held on the East Coast. That's, that's quite uh, an accomplishment, I think. And when you're trying to set these events up in non-cannabis states, so to speak, uh, does it change the way you have to do things or approach the, uh, the city officials or anything? We have always had a very strict policy at our events that we ask our attendees and our exhibitors and our professionals that are here to please respect the local cannabis laws. And that does, for some people, they are possibly affected by that when they come here and, and perhaps can't bring their medicine or choose to do so maybe in an edible form, in a very discreet form, which we sincerely appreciate because we would not want to put this sort of event at risk for that sort of scrutiny and, and potentially getting shut down. And we really appreciate that our attendees and, and exhibitors have always respected that request. One thing I'm really enjoying about this conference is that it really seems, I, I do a lot of these conferences, and a lot of them seem to be sort of regional in, in their uh, view. This seems to be a very nationally oriented conference. How many uh, states are represented here? 49. Every, every single state except for South Dakota, including Alaska and Hawaii, have representation here at this event, as well as a number of countries, 17, I think, international destination people have come here. Um, and honestly, we brought this to Florida because Florida has always been one of the 
most uh, represented states at our other national events, you know, even on the West Coast. So we knew that there was a real interest in the professional side of the business here, especially with Florida coming very close in the last election and almost certain to push it through this year with legalization of the medical marijuana side, as well as just the continued development of the marijuana markets up and down the East Coast. We thought it was the right time to do this. South Dakota, come on, you got to get involved. What's, they've got the uh, Pine Ridge Reservation there. I know they have tribal leaders that are pushing for uh, marijuana reform. Kind of surprising they're not here. I, it is a little bit surprising. You know, those tribal markets have a lot of promise. The realities of them have proven very difficult to navigate because not only are you navigating the unique laws of cannabis, which, as everybody who's involved in the industry know, can be very difficult and tricky to navigate, you've also got the whole tribal law element to that too. And so it almost creates, makes it harder, not easier as some people might think. Interesting. Now let's talk a little bit about Marijuana Business Daily uh, and how you're helping the folks here in the industry. So with Marijuana Business Daily, our mission has always been to provide the news, data, information, analysis, insights to help people run their businesses better and to do their jobs better. That's been our our mission from the get-go, and uh, thankfully, we've been able to provide and grow that to something that has turned into not just the daily, but the magazine and this conference and expo to help the entire industry connect, learn, and grow together. It seems to be working. We've got a a ton of people here. They all seem very excited about the uh, promise of this industry. Let's talk about your entrance into this industry. A lot of people I meet in the industry or activism have a personal background with this, a a relative who was busted or a relative who was sick. Uh, How did you get involved? So we came at it from that media background, that business-to-business information standpoint. That's what my background is in. And uh, in Colorado, when we started seeing dispensaries pop up all around, and we thought, what better group of people need that sort of information, need that sort of support that are not getting served right now? This was back in uh, 2010, 2011, where we had that nugget of an idea. And uh, so we put our put our oar in the water and have been ruined ever since. Uh, how many conferences have you put on so far? We've had four fall events starting in 2012, right after the legalization vote in Colorado. We had our first event in the Denver market uh, and have since uh, had four fall events. And this is our second spring event. We're having our fifth annual in Las Vegas this fall and uh, expect it to be an amazing, amazing event. I'm sure it will be. I'm really excited to be there myself. Uh, Let's tell folks the, the contact info and the websites they need to know to learn more about the conferences and MJ Business Daily. Sure, it's mjbizwithazdaily.com. That is our front-facing portal for everything else. From there, you can see the magazine, the conference and expo, the daily itself, the marijuana business factbook, and kind of everything we do to help this industry keep growing. There's so many different vendors here, and a lot of the ones we'd expect, lights, safes, security, software, and so on. Uh, Is there any exhibitor here that kind of caught you by surprise? Like, wow, I I never would have thought they'd be a part of this industry. You know, I have ceased to be surprised by that. (laughs) it, It is amazing to me. One of the things I love most about being in this industry, how many creative ideas there are and how many people are bringing their great insights from other industries into this one to really help this industry keep going. Excellent. Well, Cassandra Farrington, thanks for joining us here on the show and good luck with the rest of the expo. Thank you, Russ. Welcome back, everybody. Radical Russ here on the floor for the Marijuana Business Conference and Expo. It's day two. We're here at Guardian Data Systems, and we're speaking with Lance Ott. How are you doing, Lance? I'm good, Russ. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. 
great to have you here, and uh, I'm really excited about what Guardian Data Systems is up to. I've heard some of the presentations, but tell our listeners a little bit about uh, what you're offering. Well, today we're introducing uh, the ROAR ERP platform. Uh, ROAR stands for Resource Optimization, Accounting, and Reporting. Uh, it is a mature business platform, uh, ERP, otherwise known as uh, Enterprise Resource Planning. Uh, no one offers a solution in the uh, to the cannabis industry today. Essentially, this is a suite of applications that you can utilize to manage every aspect of your business from one centralized hub. So rather than having a point of sale that's got to integrate with QuickBooks and then a third-party uh, payroll company, for example, we bring everything in uh, under one roof and allow you to manage your entire business, utilize your own information and data, but it also adds a massive amount of compliance to any organization. Uh, this is we've uh, we've developed this for retailers, for dispensaries, for cultivators, for producers, for labs, delivery, uh, of course, ancillary businesses, and then distribution. Uh, and I've got to uh, I've got to emphasize the fact that this is a mature business platform, been around for 12 years. We simply took it and applied it to the cannabis industry. All right. So a lot of the. Uh processes and the software that people are used to, they'll, they'll see some of the similar functionality. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is very user-friendly, very efficient. Um, again, uh, if you plan on being in business in the cannabis industry within the next two to five years, you will need an, uh, an enterprise resource planning platform. Uh, also, we've got a lot of companies that are looking to go public. This uh, A solution like this allows you oversight over every aspect of your company as well. So if you do go to sell or if you do go public, this will add a lot of value to your valuation or to your exit. That's fantastic. Is there any uh, training or tutorials available? Absolutely. We provide training uh, at any point in time. We send folks out on the road to do on, uh, uh, on-site implementations as well. Uh, we have full training. We have access to 400 developers. Our guys are computer engineers. They're not just IT people. They're highly trained uh, professionals, and we do provide complete training from A to Z. When you manage to put all of this together and you get the information from these companies, uh, is there a... Um any sort of central collection on your side as far as being able to evaluate or give some statistics on the industry? Absolutely. We can give you insight into, again, every aspect of your business. We allow you to uh, uh, to do projections on yields, projections on inventory. We can provide you with information on what's selling, you know, what people like, what they don't like, um, all the way from scanning things incorrectly. For example, we were able to save one of our clients over $2 million or show them a $2 million uh, savings over what they did last year because of simple things like scanning uh, scanning a package of 10 capsules as one. Uh, just losing massive inventory, increased labor costs. There's nothing like this out there. I'm not the most tech-savvy guy in the world, but it, it took a long time for me to jump into this. Uh, but we did it for a very good reason. We know that it's going to add a ton of compliance. This is obviously uh, quite disruptive. And we're a sophisticated industry now. This is absolutely necessary. With the uh, rules and regulations and laws changing almost monthly, are there updates to this software to uh, account for that? Absolutely. We have an entire compliance services uh, module as well, so we provide complete uh, uh, state and federal regulatory compliance updates. Um, we cover every state, of course, now, but we can do real-time updates as, as the regs change. Uh, it's uh, it's it's a living system as well. All the reporting is in real time. Uh, we can actually uh, we can actually take the compliance module and use the reporting and send that information back to the state, back to banks as well, 
This, these types of systems will give you the 360 degrees of, uh, of oversight that will also give banks the necessary peace of mind to continue coming out of the shadows to serve the cannabis industry. So we're kind of looking forward to something like the Carers Act or maybe some federal relief, and then this will integrate right with that. We're feeling the burn, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Uh, again, this is the future of the cannabis industry. The, the simple seed-to-sale systems that exist today do not provide the level of compliance necessary to scale your business and to, and to vertically integrate, grow across multiple states or even into multiple countries. This does global financials. It's multi-currency, multiple langu- uh, multi-language. Companies like Otterbox use our system in the retail sector today. Uh, this, is, this was typically used for highly regulated industries with high quality assurance uh, requirements. Very interesting. All right. Lanceot, Guardian Data Systems. How can people get some more information on this? www.guardiandatasystems.com. You can call us at 888-900-0420, or you can always contact Radical Russ. He knows where to find us. <laughs> I'll, I'll track you down, Lance. We guys with the short haircuts got to stick together. That's right. I, and I left my hat at home today. <laughs> and it's hot. Yes, it is. Right Thanks, on. Lance, so much. We appreciate you, it. I appreciate your time. Take care. Welcome back to the Expo floor here on day two of the Marijuana Business Conference and Expo. We're here with Brendan Gillis from Canopy Boulder. Yes, uh, I'm part of the Canopy Boulder Accelerator Program, and my company is actually Vapor Slide. Okay, Vapor Slide. So let's talk about Vapor Slide because this is what I'm looking at here. The, the front of it is like a vapor cartridge. The back of it looks like a 50 caliber bullet, <laughs> and it's got some sort of trigger that looks like Prince designed it. What the hell is going on here? So we've actually created a more powerful pen vaporizer for the cannabis industry. We're concentrating on preloaded cannabis oil cartridges because we believe that's the future of cannabis. And as these extractions get better, there's going to be hundreds of different flavors to choose from. And we create products to you know help the consumer enjoy these products. So our vaporizer is actually the first cannabis oil cartridge vaporizer that works either independently of itself or for the first time ever, you can use it in your favorite water pipe. What? Wait a minute. I see. Okay, so we've got a, a, a nice... Uh standard beaker type water pipe and then you're just sticking the vapor cartridge down the is that the 18 millimeter uh this is going to be a uh, 9 or 14 millimeter water pipe is what it's going to fit in yeah because it'll yeah it's just it's, that's that's why it looks bullet shaped it's tapered there so it can go into any yeah. size and so you're able to draw through the water pipe and actually use the vapor cartridge exactly we have a pressure sensor design so no need to hit a button all you have to do is draw on the water pipe it'll fill with uh, nice thick vapor and you can enjoy uh, water filtration with your cannabis concentrates it'll cool and soothe the vapor reducing your cough so the back end here it looks like it's an adjustable voltage battery with kind of that tapered bullet there i see a usb is that a the micro or the mini or micro usb yeah we wanted to add a lot of features to make it convenient for people so we have a heat control element on it uh we made it more durable Um, i'm seeing blinking leds in color as he switches the voltages here yeah we added some color changing led lights because uh uh it's actually a function as you hit the water pipe it'll um light up and let you know that your your uh atomizer is firing but also we'll let the user know which voltage they're on. So it'll actually change colors with the voltage. 
Because who can remember 5.2 or 5.6, but you remember you like Purple Hits. Right. Purple purple Hits is, is, is definitely my favorite. Uh, either green or purple, I would say. Now, the purple um, goes with the whole Prince thing. What is this trigger thing on the back? Is it just design or so, cute? Or? So the, uh, the handle, if you look at traditional glass uh, water pipe slides, yeah. that's kind of what we modeled okay, after. Okay. So that's your handle. So whenever you have it in the water pipe, you hit it, uh, and you can pull it out to uh, carve the water pipe. Wow, Brendan. Just getting rid of the lighter. I I tell you, Brendan, I do shows all over the country, year after year. At every show, I pick what I think is the coolest damn thing I've seen. And this is the coolest damn thing I've seen, man. This is a great idea. I I love this. Tell people how you can get a hold of this. Yeah, absolutely. You can go to www.thevaporslide.com or just Google Vapor Slide uh, for any social media, and you can check us out online. Uh, They're for sale now. Um, so hit me up. Thank you. Absolutely. Vapor slide. It, you'll be seeing this, folks. This is really cool. All right. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with more from the Expo after this. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. Don't want to spend money on a night out, but don't know what to do other than watching TV or playing video games? Consider playing guitar, bass, banjo, or mandolin. The instrument will give you hours of entertainment with friends with minimal expense. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. The cannabis community is a diverse set of people from all walks of life. Conservative and liberal, black and white, straight and gay, rich and poor, and everyone in between. Learn more about the people we are freeing from adult cannabis prohibition in our cannabis community chat. Welcome back, everybody. Radical Russ here on the Expo floor. Day two of the Marijuana Business Conference and Expo in Orlando. We're here with Chris Rempert from Marijuana Policy Project. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Russ. How are you? I'm fantastic. And uh, the other day, when I was here uh, yesterday, I ran into another activist, and we kind of made a joke that, wow, another activist. What do you know? <laughs> What's it like being working with MPP and going from us being the lonely voice in the wilderness to being surrounded by all these entrepreneurs? It's a really fascinating circumstance I think we have here because we have all these businesses that are, are benefiting off of the laws that activists like yourself and, my, uh, and myself have helped to pass. Um, and a lot of these people, surprisingly, aren't familiar with MPP, aren't familiar with uh, normal other groups that actively work to change marijuana laws. Um, and that's unfortunate, but part of the reason why we're here is to raise awareness of that and make sure that they know that in order to keep changing laws, in order to keep expanding their market, 
um, we need to have the resources to to, to lobby to, to pass ballot initiatives. Yeah, that, that's critical, and it's something that I've been harping on for a long time. Is you're not going to grow your business beyond your state unless there's more states and eventually a federal change. So, is that message getting through? Are these are, are more of these industry people starting to donate? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, industry donations still make up a surprisingly small uh, percentage of our total. Um, our total uh, fundraising um, each year. But I do think that they're starting to understand that, you know, in order to expand outside of Colorado, Washington, Oregon, Alaska, wherever they are, or medical marijuana states, um, they have to change the laws. They, they can't change them on their own. They need groups like MPP, Normal, ASA, all kinds of groups like that in order to in order to change it. So, yeah, I think the message is getting through. Um, it's really fun talking to people about uh, what we're doing. And uh, I'm just glad this happens. I mean, this wouldn't exist were it not for the work um, of you know activists like yourself and uh, MPP and everyone else. So, thank you so much for the compliments. Uh, coming up here for 2016, this is a huge uh, election year coming up, and uh, we've got both recreational, or I like to call adult use uh, initiatives, and we've got some state legislatures and some medical things that are happening. Can you give us the rundown of just how much success we might be looking at in 2016? Yeah, well, I hope uh, I hope it's a lot of success. Um, you know, right now we're looking at potential for another five full uh, adult use uh, marijuana states, um, which would add to the current four that we have plus DC. So uh, nearly ten states. I mean, that's amazing. Nearly a fifth of the country basically um, living in an adult use um, uh, state, which would be fantastic. Um, it almost. would be actually fifty-one uh, percent, I think, is what it comes up to once we get those states. Yeah, of population with California and all that. I'm sure. Wow, well, that's that's impressive when you put it that way. Um, you know, and along with that, we have medical marijuana in Florida, um, hopefully in Ohio, Missouri, hopefully in Arkansas as well. Um, and then, of course, you know, a half dozen or so other legislators, legislatures are um, contemplating uh, enacting medical marijuana or decriminalization or something like that. So. Now, I know uh, Vermont ran into some problems, some roadblocks. I heard Rhode Island was in play. What are some of the other legislatures that are looking at this? Um, so legalization, Vermont and Rhode Island are the two main ones right now for our sorry for adult use um, are the, the two main states um, for medical marijuana. Uh, this year we had Nebraska looking at it, we had Georgia, even Utah, um, and that's all for medical marijuana. So yeah, um, it's definitely spreading like like wildfire. For sure. I, I ran into a former MPP colleague, Neil Levine, who was warning me about an initiative in Colorado to cap uh, recreational marijuana potency at sixteen percent. He was just raising the alarm about this. Apparently, there's a new thing, and they've got a campaign building and going to raise money for this as a constitutional amendment. Are there any other uh, marijuana-related amendments you can or initiatives you can think of that are on the negative side we need to be looking out for? You know, off the top of my head, I I can't think of anything right now. That's actually the first I've heard of that Colorado uh, I initiative. Think it's just brand new, too. So that's crazy. Yeah, I would hope that that doesn't pass. But uh, yeah, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything other than. You know some of the uh, some of the unworkable CBD bills that have gone around lately. You know in the last couple of years. Um, other than that, though, I can't really think of any anything uh, anything else. No. We're here in Florida, where they've got Amendment Two on the ballot again. Mel Sembler, the uh, lo- the former Straight Inc. guy, you know, longtime prohibitionist, has said he's going to raise ten million dollars to try to fight this amendment in Florida. Do you foresee as we come into this the the real election season, especially with California on the ballot? A huge influx of anti-legalization money? I think that there's only so many places that uh, prohibitionists can actually raise money from. So uh, there's only so many people that have 
a lot of money that are willing to donate it to opposing uh, medical marijuana and adult use initiatives. So I, I don't I don't think that we're going to see a lot whole whole influx of that. Um, I think if we do, it'll be only in a couple of states. It'll be focused in a couple of states like Florida, um, you know, like with Sheldon Adelson and all that. So, um, you know, I think, um, I don't think we're going to have a huge issue with that, but you never know, um, you know, when it comes down to it, we just have to make sure that our message gets out there to the people and that the voters just get out and, and vote. Like that's, that's as simple as that. So, yeah. So let's, uh, let's assume the best for 2016. What's on deck for 2017, 2018 and beyond? So, uh, 2017, 2018, we got Maryland that's going to be looking at adult use um, legalization, um, and as well as Texas. We're going to be working heavily in Texas in 2017. Um, got a full-time lobbyist down there, Heather Fazio, doing a great job. Um, and uh, 2017, you know, their sessions are only over two years, so 2017, we're going to be pushing hard um, for medical and adult use, both at the same time uh, in Texas. So, yeah. That's fantastic. All right. Give folks the uh, website information they need or any other contacts you'd like them to know to get in touch with Marijuana Policy Project. Sure, yeah. If you want to reach out to MPP, um, hear anything more about us or ask us any questions, mpp.org, marypaulpaul.org, as I like to say. That's the best way to find us. Um, Info at mpp.org. Any question you have, we'll be happy to answer. Thank you so much, Chris, for joining us here today, and uh, good luck for the rest of the show. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate it, Russ. Welcome back, everybody, to the Marijuana Business Conference and Expo here in Orlando, Florida. Radical Russ here with Chuck Underwood, who delivered today's keynote address. Chuck, welcome to the show. Nice to be here. Thank you very much. Can you give our listeners just a little thumbnail sketch of your speech today, which I heard was getting great reviews? Thank you, George Jage and Chris Walsh from Marijuana Business Daily. Ask me to talk about the fact that America has five living generations— Each of them has different core values. Each of them has had a profoundly different experience with marijuana. And that means that this industry, the cannabis industry, needs to understand five sets of voters, five sets of users, five sets of potential investors, and to understand their differences in order to sell this industry successfully. Generationally, are we speaking like uh, millennials, Gen X, baby boomers, silent, that kind of? And the fifth generation you haven't mentioned is the very oldest, and that's the GI generation of World War II fame. The basic premise of generational dynamics is that each generation came of age during very different times and teachings. Because of that, as a generation, they formed core values that are different from the other living generations, and we now understand that those core values guide a generation's consumer choices, career decisions, lifestyle preferences, personal relationships, and personal behavior. So any American business must understand generational dynamics. The one generational uh, issue that I've tracked, of course, is polling on the marijuana issue, and we tend to see younger folks very much for reform, people in the childbearing years kind of decline, and then after the kids are out of the, the house, it seems like some of these older folks are coming back to cannabis. What are some of the pitfalls uh, about this generation returning to cannabis that we need to be aware of? Well, you're right. The millennial generation came of age hearing and reading about medical marijuana. So they are predisposed to approve of it recreationally as well. Generation X is currently America's parent generation. 
their age 35 to 51 in this year of 2016. The baby boomers launched the drug revolution. They had good experiences with it. They had bad experiences with it. They're fully now empty nest, but they're grandparents. So when it comes to approval, baby boomers, because of good experiences and bad experiences, are probably divided on it. The older silent generation this year in its 70s and 80s was labeled our nation's last innocent generation, the final generation to come of age before the drug revolution, the sexual revolution, the women's movement, the civil rights movement, the war protest movement, and their primary use of marijuana will be medical, but that represents a significant opportunity if the cannabis industry can understand their generation's core values and communicate effectively with those core values. When you speak of these core values, uh, generally, generationally speaking, is there also some bit of geographic distribution in, in those values? For example, could uh, people from the GI generation in California perhaps be better on than West Virginia? You're exactly right. Within each generation, you'll find different influences by geography, by gender, men and women, uh, by ethnicity. Boomer blacks, for example, had a very different experience with drugs than Gen X blacks. And their experience was different from millennial blacks. Same thing with women and men of each generation. And same thing with West Coast, East Coast, and in the middle. So are you uh, involved in offering consultation to some of these companies? Or are there any books or reference materials people could get to learn more about this idea? Well... First of all, I'm not here to advocate for or against pot. I was invited here because my life is studying America's generations. And my book, which is entitled America's Generations, and just the second book I've written came out three weeks ago, uh, it explains everything about everything generational. It's sort of the Bible of the industry. I don't know of generation-slash-cannabis publications. They might be out there, but I'm not aware of them. But these uh, these precepts that you're coming about on the generational side are applicable not just to cannabis then, but to all sorts of different industries and issues. Yeah, this is the first time I've presented to the marijuana industry. My life is living in airplanes and training and speaking to and consulting all of American business, all of American government, all of American higher education, and even religious groups on generational strategies. So then, uh, does generational attitudes toward cannabis, do they differ in a great deal from other issues that you talk about? Well, yeah, cannabis is out there on its own right now. It is still uh, uh, confrontational. It's still divisive. Um, The battle lines are drawn on marijuana just as they are drawn now on such other national issues as immigration, gay marriage, transgender bathrooms, and all of the other moral and social issues that are floating around. Marijuana's current position in American life is very similar to what the gambling industry faced a few years ago, both lotteries and casinos when, just like cannabis now, the gambling industry had to go state to state to gain approval from both legislatures 
and voters. So it is a similar passage in that both gambling and cannabis were controversial, in some instances understood, in some instances not harmful to the masses, but in some instances harmful to them. So cannabis is as close to the gambling industry's passage as it is to any other industry. That's fascinating, and I love the work that you're doing. This generational information is is very key to the success of this industry. Uh, Chuck Underwood, thanks for talking to us, and do you have any uh, websites or contact info you'd like to give out? My website, it's best to just Google Chuck Underwood. My company's name is The Generational Imperative Incorporated, which is why the website is genimperative.com. Chuck, thanks for talking to us. We appreciate it. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. And it goes down smooth.